Hello there, welcome to the Tech Means Business podcast. This is a series of podcasts in which I talk to interesting folk about that particular intersection between business and technology and where the two things come together. We talk a lot today about data being a vital business asset and about leveraging the value of the information that every organisation accrues. But the nature of our IT systems is such that our data assets rarely present themselves in ways that are easy for analysis. And even then, when the data is ready, it often takes an artificial intelligence, an AI or machine learning algorithm, to sort through all the information in order to bring out those business insights, if you like, that are valuable to the organisation. Now, the next phase in evolution of the artificial intelligence in a business context is decision intelligence, and that's where my next guest specialises. Ira Dubinsky of Peak AI is our guest today on the Tech Means Business Podcast to talk to us all about data fabrics and making use of all that so-called new oil that is data. Ira, hi, welcome, and uh, can we start, as is tradition, by maybe you introducing yourself uh, and giving us a, a short autobiography? Yeah, so I suppose I've I've always been interested in technology and in connecting with customers. And for a number of years, that was, you know, that was my day job. So I was in marketing. I worked for a number of different major consumer goods and retail businesses. I worked for Unilever, for Dove uh, for a little while. I worked for Marks and Spencer. Uh, I did a number of marketing and kind of commercial roles for them. And then uh, I also worked in food service. So got a taste of you know, the fast food world and creating products and experiences uh, in that world, working for Yum Brands, Yum Own, KFC, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut. And I suppose the way I ended up at Peak is that I was a Peak customer. So when I was at KFC, I was taking care of innovation and um, ended up working with Peak on um, some really interesting uh, projects and kept in touch with the folks at Peak and joined about six months ago, heading up uh, our go-to-market strategy team. So your background, Ira, without being too glib about it, is um, you're not a geek. Um, You're from, I guess, consumer goods. Yeah, so I guess what I would say is I sort of walk this line. I'm I'm just sort of technical enough to be dangerous and, you know, sort of make suggestions and comments and contributions that, you know, sort of I guess sometimes can be useful but sometimes can cause mischief, but 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 have the benefit of not having been technical my whole career and actually been on the front lines of some really exciting consumer and retail businesses where I've, you know, thought a lot about, you know, who are our customers is and how to connect with that customer, um, you know, in terms of advertising, digital marketing, you know, what products we're selling um, to whom. So I've, I've always kind of walked that line and straddled that divide between, you know, sort of the role of technology uh, to enable business and then, you know, sort of the commercial trading of that business itself. Um, I, I was probably even nerdier, if I say, when I was when I was much younger. So if we go all the way back to kind of like the 90s when I was in secondary school in Canada, I started my first business building websites and coding HTML and JavaScript. So I, I like to say I come by that technical curiosity, like quite honestly, it was it, it, it was a big part of growing up and, and something I've, you know, it's always been important to me to, to sort of work with new technology any way I can. Thanks, Ira. Now, I mentioned in our introduction um, about decision intelligence and how that is uh, being positioned as, if you like, the next evolutionary step 
uh, for artificial intelligence in business context. I wonder if you could explain to our audience in words of of one syllable um, how you're defining decision intelligence. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I've been like fascinated with AI for a number of years and, you know, Peak is first and foremost an AI company. Um, And our vision is that, you know, every business in the next number of years, uh, you know, even as soon as, you know, sort of next year, we would say needs to have some uh, ability to use AI and that that will provide a level of competitive advantage and that every business is going to need to sort of figure out how AI can can help them to be more efficient, more effective. Um, decision intelligence really is a way of thinking about AI that applies it to commercial decision making. You know, there there is often, I think, a temptation with AI to just do something that's cool. You know, we've got all this data. Let's find a trend or a pattern, or build a model, or see if we can get this, you know, this thing to learn something new on its own. And that can be really exciting. And that is, you know, part of what makes this part of technology, you know, so dynamic. But when you work in a business, and I've worked in in, in a number of them, you know, doing things just for the sake of it or for the purposes of pure experimentation can only get you so far. There's some value in that, but it has to, you have to be able to apply that to some kind of business outcome and extract some really specific value for the business. And so when we talk about decision intelligence, really what we mean is um, using AI to get to that business outcome and make uh, make a business decision. And that's kind of how we start the process with a with a client or a customer is trying to figure out, you know, what will drive their business and, and, and how can we help? Now, in my discussions with various businesses over the last, shall we say, 18 months or so, there's been a lot of talk about how expensive data science projects are. You know, you need a, you need dedicated professionals, you need special software, and more than anything, really, you need sort of 18 months to come up with a question and then, and then have it answered. And I know that Peak AI have come up with a decision intelligence maturity index, which kind of shows companies where they are on that scale, if you like, of being able to leverage their uh, their data or their gathered intelligence in order to turn it into, if you like, practical business outcomes, business insights. Can you tell us a bit about that uh, decision intelligence maturity index? Is it like, you know, having an abacus at one end and then at the other, um, an all-seeing, um, all-breathing all supercomputer? Yeah, well, you, 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 I mean, you're not, you're, you're, you're not far off. Luckily, there, there weren't very many people that answered our survey who are still using an abacus, so that was very reassuring. But um, I guess sort of one of the things that, that, that we realized as we, over the last number of years, started to work with more and more businesses on the application of, of commercial AI was that there is a huge range in terms of businesses' maturity and how they think about AI and how they're using AI and also like how they are progressing and evolving with their understanding of AI. It's just a lot more nuanced, I think, than, than probably, to be honest, than we originally thought. But when you look at the market, it's a lot more nuanced, I think, than a lot of people um, probably give it credit for. So there is this sort of dominant AI maturity model, this like very simple graph that sort of makes it look like if you just spend more time doing AI, if you spend more time doing data science, uh, over time, you're going to get this incredible, you know, sort of uptick in in value and, and your organization is going to get more advanced. And 
it just isn't that simple. Um, and so our approach uh, was to sort of think about, well, actually, how can we create a real proper framework to understand decision intelligence or artificial intelligence maturity? Um, you know, could we actually create something that is quite groundbreaking and could be quite useful um, that creates sort of stages of maturity and a, and, and a way of scoring organizations on their maturity. Um, and so we've, we've done that. We've worked with some real experts in the field of sort of economics and, um, you know, uh, customer or, 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 or sort of public sector research in, in terms of, um, you know, surveys and asking questions and doing analysis. And we're really, really pleased with, you know, what we think is quite, quite unique in the market in a way of understanding like AI maturity in business. And shoot me down in flames here, because I may well be completely wrong. But my guess is the people who are mature on the decision intelligence index are going to be, I'm going to say medical technology, I'm going to say engineering, manufacturing, um, heavy industry, I guess, um, utilities. Now, those are my guesses as to which business sectors are typically a bit further on. Um, am I completely wrong? Um, I mean, which kind of businesses are up there with those higher levels of um, decision intelligence yeah. maturity? Yeah, not 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 bad, Joe. Pretty pretty close. I guess the the first thing I'd say is like this is this is something that we've really taken a very rigorous approach to. So I'll, I'll share some of the like some of the headlines with you with you for sure. But just to be aware, there's like a whole set of pillars that we sort of surveyed people on in terms of their strategy, their approach to data, to technology. So it's you know it it, it really runs the gamut. I think it's a it's a good sort of you know relatively deep understanding of of maturity. So the top line, and this is this is based on you know survey of um, of 3,000, um, the top line is that the average DI maturity score globally was 53. That's on a 100-point index, so 53. And the businesses that tended to win at decision intelligence maturity were kind of around the range of like 1,000 to 2,500 staff, so sort of, you know, smaller to medium-sized businesses. Um, and the industries, to, to kind of, uh, you know, pick on, on, on your sort of estimate there, were technology, so no surprise technology coming out on top, finance, financial services, insurance, those kind of businesses, and manufacturing. So absolutely kind of right about that. Um, and the other thing that was really interesting amongst the businesses that had like a higher score in our index is that they tended to have like a decentralized approach to data. So if you think about like a big company, like a consumer goods company or a manufacturer, instead of having one central team that's like in charge of data, produces all the models, like is the one-stop shop that you go to for any kind of data or analysis question, the companies that tended to come out on top in our, in our index, in our survey, actually have data experts embedded all around the business in, and often in commercial teams, um, and they're playing an active role in decision making. And that, when you think about it, that kind of makes sense because it it starts to take it, you know, away from being this kind of like out of touch centralized function, and actually it becomes embedded in in the way that the business operates and the way it makes its money, frankly, every every day. And so we thought that was that was really interesting. And then the last kind of point when you sort of ask about you know who comes out on top is. The lower levels of the company, the, the more junior members of the team, they tend to be much more supportive of AI and enthusiastic about AI um, in those businesses that, 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 that score more highly. And so there's a sort of like total business 
uh, I guess, kind of like enthusiasm that 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 needs to come into play for it for it to work. Yeah, but isn't that interesting though? I mean, I remember. Uh, working back in the 90s for a company um, when the web was you know just a thought to be a passing phase really and um, it was just someone in the corner who happened to be into technology and the company's online presence as it grew into was Bob's website you know and it was it was just someone who was fascinated by technology who was picking it up and driving it through the business. Yeah, I mean, so your website example is an interesting one. I mean, there is an argument to be made that the web is so prevalent now and it's sort of entrenched in everything that we do that you need people in every department that understand like digital technology. And, you know, if you think about, you know, a retailer or a consumer goods business, the kind of businesses that I used to work in, you sort of don't want any department not being aware of that's how your consumers are shopping. That's how they're learning about your business. But you know, on the other hand, the, what's different, I think, about data and about AI compared to sort of designing a, or running a website is that you can really use like data and AI to power so many different parts of a business um, that it is not just about how you engage with and connect with consumers or how they shop with you or, or find out about you in that sort of customer or marketing domain. But actually, AI can drive your supply chain. It can help you optimize your inventory. It can help you with pricing. It can help with um, the way you allocate uh, stock, the way you route your vehicles, the way you manage your teams of people. And so I guess this finding around having um, a decentralized approach to data, what it sort of gets at is the way in which this technology can help in every department in a business and therefore having individuals in almost every department that are passionate about it, you know, skilled at it, interested in in using it, that is really what sets a business that is winning on decision intelligence from businesses that are a little bit further behind is it it becomes a source of competitive advantage in every department if that makes sense. So if we're going to extrapolate the the perfect example here, what do, um, if you like, the C-suite or management or decision makers, call them what you like, um, what do they need to do to try and drum up that type of enthusiasm um, for artificial intelligence or for decision intelligence? Yeah, so I mean, first, I'll, I'll give you some some stats because these were really interesting. Like there's a whole pillar within our survey around people and, and process um, and in and in, in in terms of the, the full survey, so all the countries that we surveyed, um, the global kind of average on that pillar was 49. So a little bit below the average for the whole index. Um, so, but but that was just the people and process one. And, you know, not surprisingly, like CEOs are the most likely to sort of perceive there to be like a lot of support for AI amongst their business, the people that work for them. Um, so 81% of CEOs said that, you know, non-technical teams and kind of junior workers were supportive of AI adoption. Um, and in reality, you know, the number is, is much lower in terms of, you know, those junior ranks and how they actually feel about it. Um, I think that to close that gap so that the number of people, let's say, in a company are as enthusiastic as the CEO sort of thinks they are, um, you know, my one of my sort of leadership tenants and, and you know, personal philosophies has always been to sort of walk the walk, I would say, and that the proof is in the pudding, right? So I... 
you know, I'm really passionate about the leaders that I've worked for and the best leaders in business in the world, I think, you know, um, using uh, data to make decisions, um, putting out there uh, in very clear terms how they've made decisions, how they've thought about the strategy for their business and the underlying um, inputs that they've considered in making those decisions. So I think if you are a leader that that really clearly and passionately explains sort of where you're coming from and, and how you, you've used data to inform that strategy, um, if you demonstrate to your team that, you know, that you make decisions in a way that is, you know, really powerfully informed by insights and by data, I think that goes a long way to create that sort of data-driven culture and that passion and that interest in, in using data. Um, I think it's also uh, incumbent on leaders to um, to educate and to you know sort of uh, evangelize or or inspire their teams around what this technology can do. You know you sort of can't leave it to chance because there's so much information out there and people are so busy and everyone's trying to do their best in your business. Um, I think it it's incumbent on leaders to take the time to to actually talk about this and put it on the agenda for a, you know a company meeting and you know show great case studies of what other businesses have done or celebrate the successes within that company. You know where they've seen, you know, pockets of success. I think I think that's how you get those sort of more junior members of the team to get excited about it. PKI um, are all about accelerating the use of, um, of AI in business context. So when people pick up the phone uh, and talk to you guys and say, oh, we'd like your help um, and accelerate that movement, if you like, down the decision intelligence maturity index, what actually what actually happens? Yeah, so, I mean, a, a couple of other ideas sort of come to mind. So we talked earlier about um, the importance of the sort of decentralized, this decentralized approach to data. So embedding data practitioners, you know, sort of into commercial teams. So I think there's a there's there's a need to really look at, I think, like talent in a business and, you know, the the sort of more analytical and quantitative talent um, and that that sort of um, understanding of how to organize, how to access, how to use data, um, and, and how you can start to embed that talent in different parts of the business. Um, I think, you know, if you can embed data practitioners in commercial teams, um, they, they, you know, they understand that world and then they start to contribute. Um, so I think that's, that's, that's a big part of winning. Typically, when, when we speak to a, a company or a, a potential customer, um, you know, they're somewhere on that journey. You know, they have some of that t that team embedded. Um, they have some of that data expertise, um, but they may be sort of at the beginning of their journey of, of how to get the maximum possible, you know, sort of value from it. Um, and so what we do is we come in and, and you know, we try to understand that business, uh, its objectives, its strategy, and ultimately provide a combination of things, uh, a platform, um, AI applications that are, you know, proven and, and ready to go and can be used, um, but also a, a level of support and services to help a business, you know, really harness the potential of AI. Um, that could be to increase revenue, it could be to increase profit, could be to make their business more efficient. Um, you know, that, that typically is sort of where the conversation starts. You know, you mentioned some of the some of the leaders were, you know, really delighted to be working with companies like Nike, ASOS, you know, Pepsi. Uh, you know, these are these are incredible global businesses that have come to us to help them on their AI journey. Um, and, and with all of them, you know, we've sort of started with that initial question around, you know, what ultimately is going to drive your business forward and what are, what are some of the commercial objectives that we might be able to use, you know, AI to help you sort of achieve. I mean, there are clearly some massive names uh, involved in extrapolating uh, insights from their business data. But of course, 
the internet and data and information, digital information these days, is the great leveller. So really, I think this, personally, I think this is a playing field that's open to, to any business, even a very small outfit can begin to find value in the data that it accrues day to day. Um, and I think there's a, there's a great deal of growth potential and possibility for all sorts of different companies. I'm going to have to draw things to a close here. Um, the music is coming up in the background, which is usually a good cue. Um, Ira, thanks ever so much for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure. It's my pleasure, Joe. Thanks for having me. And I hope you too as well. Dear listeners can uh, join us next time um, on the Tech Means Business Podcast, where we talk to folk in that very fascinating area where business and technology come together. See you next time. Bye for now. 